Good morning, church, and good morning to any visitors who are joining us today. Uh, for visitors, my name is Trevor Lloyd, and I'm one of the leaders here at Community Church Huddersfield. A former Archbishop of Canterbury, William Temple, once said, the church is the only organization that exists primarily for the benefit of those who are not its members. And as a church over this past year, we have sought to focus our attention outward to the other. Um, we have been talking about building God's house over recent years, and we felt that God turned our focus from the foundations which we had been looking at to the gates, thinking about reaching out and receiving in. And we've carried on with that word, despite lockdown, which seems to contradict the whole thing of going outwards. Um, and I want to just thank you and encourage you, church, for responding to this and, and, and just thinking and looking and acting outward in various ways. And let's remember, folks, that despite lockdown, despite the fact that we've not been able to gather together, God is still building his church. And we as a local church family are still on a journey together with him. And the key thing when we're building God's house, and when we're journeying with him, is that we hear what God is saying to us at any one point. We know what is God's word to us. And that's what we've been giving thought to. We still believe our focus is on the gates in the sense of we are looking outward. But God has just begun to speak to us in a this sort of slightly fresh and different way about this outward thinking. I guess it started without me realizing it when Richard Annis came a few months ago to speak to the church. Well, he didn't come. He sent us a, a video message, of course. Um, and he spoke about Jesus and the fig tree and encouraged us and challenged us to, to be fruitful. And then a little while after that, while I was looking at the whole idea of reaching outwards to the ends of the earth because God wants to fill the earth with his glory, his goodness, um, I found myself thinking of it in terms of fruitfulness and I spoke about the fruit of good lives, good works and good news. And then um, we've anticipated really what God was beginning to speak to us about and last week Jeanette spoke about preparing to be fruitful. And, and so that's the focus that we feel that the Holy Spirit is leading us to in this coming season as we go into the autumn and towards Christmas. <clears throat> Christmas, gosh. Um, but with this emphasis, that the fruit is not primarily for ourselves. The, primary, the, the, um, the primary purpose of the fruit is for other people. It's to be a blessing to others. So we're going to gather around this word, be fruitful. The preachers are going to look at it. The children are going to be doing it in their times um, and in, in the things that are done for them, and provided for them. Uh, we're going to encourage family hubs to, to look at this with materials that we will provide. And I'm going to encourage those who'd like to, to, to join me in the, the, the reading club uh, and our reading club blog to to read a book together um, a book by Pete Hughes called All Things New there's a bit of a background to this because you see the background to this command and commission to be fruitful 
is God's purpose to restore all things, to make all things new, to get things back to his original plan as we see pictured in the Garden of Eden. And so at the end of uh, the Bible in Revelation 21 and 22, we see this, this purpose of the renewed heavens and earth uh, being pictured for us and where we hear about the, the God dwells among us and there's no more death or crying or and so on and then there's, there's a great picture in, in Revelation 22 where it talks about a river flowing down through the center of the city of God and the tree of life on the side of the river bearing crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month and, and the, the, the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations keeping our emphasis outward there. Now, Revelation 22 is a, a picture, <coughs> excuse me, of the fulfillment of the prophetic word we find in Ezekiel 47. And that's been a really important uh, passage of scripture for us as a church in shaping uh, our understanding of God's vision. And my purpose this morning is to try to put this word about being fruitful into that wider context of God's great purpose and the vision he's called us to be a part of. Remember, the purpose of God is to restore all things, to, to restore Eden, to make all things new. The purpose of God is to use us, his children, to transform the wilderness of our world into the garden of God. So hopefully you've heard Ezekiel 47, uh, 1 to 12, read to you this morning. Um, I'm just going to remind you of some of the key things that God has spoken to us about that, but also just looking at it in a slightly from, from a slightly fresh angle too. So in verse 1 of Ezekiel 47, we read this. I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards, towards the east. Now the river is flowing towards the east. The east represents the wilderness of our world. So it holds the promise of that wilderness being transformed into a garden. The focus is outward, folks, okay? But I wanted to focus on this for a moment. The water, the river, flowed from the temple. It flowed from the place of worship. And when God first spoke to Alison and I through this word 22 years ago, um, God spoke to us very, very clearly. said, everything, everything in this church needs to spring from worship. Worship is primary. And that's true of any church. Worship, everything comes from worship, from that place of intimacy with God. And you know, folks, I love, like you do, I love us. I love it when we're able to gather together and sing together, rejoice together, just, just worship together. It's such an important part of who we are and we feel it's lack and we long to be able to do it again. But I just want to remind you folks that worship is not just a song raised up. And we did want to raise a song, did we? We even had that, that song we used to sing, sing a little louder. Well, we're told we can't do that anymore, at least not for the time being. But folks, worship is not just a song raised up. It's a life laid down. And so I want to encourage you, we've got an opportunity to learn here this truth afresh, that yes, everything springs from worship, but worship is first of all a way of life. 
So even though we cannot meet together, we can still do what Paul says in Romans 12 verse 1, offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So the life of God flows from us, not just because we've gathered together, good though that is, but because we're laying down our life to God in worship. And we can do that whether we're together or not. There's a second aspect to this water flowing from the temple though. You see, the New Testament shows us that the temple, the place where God dwells, was pointing towards the church. God, it says in Ephesians 3 verse 22, is building us together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And I want to encourage you, though we cannot be together, I want to encourage you still to be devoted to one another, to be committed to one another, to love one another, to serve one another, as we build God's house in this place. Because the river flows from the temple, a place of worship, but also the house that is built together. Now, verse 9 talks about this river and it says wherever where, wherever the river flows everything will live wherever the river flows there is life and, and, and we can take wherever we do go into our neighborhoods into our workplaces and we pray for all the teachers and, and students who are returning to school this week but wherever we go into hospitals into our factories, into our offices, where we're allowed to go, uh, socially distancing, wearing masks maybe, we can still take the life of God with us. Um, and again, there's something wonderful when we are able to stir and encourage that life within one another when we meet together, but it isn't just by meeting together that this life flows. I've been thinking quite a lot over the last 12 months, and in fact, I must... Um, share it with you at some point but i've been thinking a lot about the paralyzed man in john 5 who is lying on his mat waiting for others to lift him into the pool and he says i can't get down because others get there before me he's waiting to be lifted by others into a pool where the spirit is stirring where the blessing is where the healing is and if we're not careful we can have that mentality sometimes oh i'm just waiting to be placed into a pool. But I think we don't have just to be visitors to a pool. We can be initiators of a spring, of a river. Because remember, Jesus said to us, anyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And when Jesus says, as the scriptures say, I think this is one of the scriptures, Ezekiel 47, that he's thinking of. All they needed to do was to be thirsty and to come to him. And then in John chapter 4, he says to the Samaritan woman at the well, it says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that's talking to you, you would ask him for water. And he said, because whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. In fact, the water I give them will become in them a spring welling up to eternal life. So the only things that we need to do to get this river of life flowing through us and from us is to be thirsty for it and to come to Jesus and ask him. Yes, it's great. I love it when we can get together. But at the moment, as long as we're thirsty and we're asking Jesus and coming to him, there's nothing to stop the river of God flowing from us.
Okay, I must move on. The trees, it says, are at the sides of this river. Fruit trees, it says, of all kinds. Diversity is important, and we will look at this. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. And, of course, Revelation 22 shows us that that fruit and those leaves are for the nations. So, again, it's keeping our focus outward. Um, being a tree, <laughs> the, the picture of the tree is pictured in Scripture as being a blessing to others. And so we are called to be outward focused to all people, all nations. When the Scripture talks about nations, it's often not talking about geographical territories or political realms. It's talking about ethnic groups. So this fruit and this, these leaves of healing are for all the people groups. Remember at Revelation at the end when we see God's people worshipping before the throne of God. It says that from every tongue and tribe and every nation, God looks outward and God is inclusive and that's what we are to be like. There's no room for any prejudice. We seek to be a blessing to all people, no matter what the color of their skin, no matter what their ethnic group, no matter what their class, and so on. We are called to be a blessing to all peoples. So let our, fa our, our focus be outward to all. Um, but also, if we are going to reach out, we've got to also dig deep. The picture of the tree um, in Scripture often draws attention to how it is rooted. So Psalm 1 verse 3 talks about the person who meditates on God's word day and night is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. And in Jeremiah 17 verse 8, it talks about a tree planted by water that sends out its roots to the stream. And so we need, if we're going to reach outward, we need to, uh, for our roots to go down deep through both the Word and the stream, the Holy Spirit. Okay, but, uh, but folks, a tree whose roots go down deep has branches that reach out wide. You can tell how deep its roots are by how far its branches reach. And when we're turned inward on ourselves, we're not deeply rooted in God. But if we are going to be a blessing to all peoples, we need to get our roots down deep through the Word and the Spirit. And then finally, it talks about in verse 10, alongside, along this river there are places for spreading nets, or another version, there are places to fish from. And when we talk about fishing in the Bible, we're not talking about how we might think like throwing out a, a hook on the end of a line and then reeling somebody in. That whole kind of view of fishing produces a terrible idea of evangelism trying to hook people in. That's not what we're called to do. I think the places for spreading nets is not just talking about physical places. It's talking about relational spaces where we get to cast out the nets of God's love. That's the kind of fishing that we're called to. It's just, just throwing out the nets of God's indiscriminate love that then draws people to Jesus. And it's not for us to judge who gets in and who gets out that's that's up to jesus to, to to know where people are at on the journey what we get to do is just throw out the nets 
of God's indiscriminate love. And when we do that, we will draw people to Jesus. Now, I don't know how I'm doing for time. I should have kept an eye on it. But I won't review all those six things you'll notice. But um, they were just ways of reminding you of the things that God has spoken to us and just maybe looking at it in a slightly fresh way. But it, it is to remind us that this call to be fruitful that we're going to be looking at has to be understood in the context of God's purpose, which is trans to transform the wilderness of our broken world into the garden of his good presence. So, folks, please gather around this word together and let's hear what God wants to say to us and let's be fruitful. Amen.